welcome to Pinecones and Moonstones, where witchcraft, science, and history collide. I'm Cassie. And I'm Desiree. This week, we are talking about tools that we use, or tools that somebody, like, might use if they have a different path than what we do. Kind of just super basic stuff. Any sort of altar tools. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like my, I don't really have a, like, definitive altar. I have, like, a kind of one, but it's it's essentially just, like, a bookshelf where I put all of my witchy shit together so that I can actually find it because my life is crazy. Well, <laughs> you can, I mean, I've got altars all over. I've got my main one that you'll see. A lot of times I'll end up taking uh, pictures on it because it's the prettiest spot in my house. But I have also, <laughs> I've got little ones all over my living room, next to my bed. I Anywhere I can stash a little bit of it, I will. So, I don't know. That's what we're working towards. We still haven't unpacked everything. Oh. We moved from Alabama to Nevada, and anyone who actually lives in the state, that A does not exist in my dialect. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> it's supposed to be, I think, Nevada. I can't do it. Nevada? Ugh. Nevada? That sounds weird. Yeah. Well, because it's, it's a southeastern thing. Like, certain vowels don't actually work in southeastern dialects, hmm. which is fun. I just hide my accent really well. If I drink a lot on this podcast on at one point, you will find out just how southern I am. We're, <laughs> we're going to have a drunk witch podcast for one night. That sounds like fun. Oh, God. I have so much moonshine for that. Oh, that's a little rough. Um, oh, that's what I just drink that shit straight. <laughs> no, thank you. Well, I, I gave a bunch to my advisors for my master's committee because my master's thesis was on moonshine. And uh, my, my little 63-year-old advisor from upstate New York who has never had moonshine in his life comes up and he's like, so how do I mix this? What, what do I mix it with? Your mouth. Like, Mountain Dew is good. You won't taste the burn that bad. And he's like, yuck. I'll have to ask my wife. She doesn't like us to have soda, but I think she'll go with it. And I was like, oh, Dr. Brown. Uh, if she won't let you have soda, I'm pretty sure she's not gonna like moonshine oh she's really into alcohol i think it's just they don't like sugary stuff ah. but he did end up doing it with, with mountain dew he said he liked it i don't know i'll keep that uh, in mind next time <laughs> i'll give you a potion you guys get the the red kool-aid packets that are the color of the kool-aid is red but the color of the packet is blue <laughs> Uh, I don't remember what flavor it is, but I feel like 90s people know what I mean. Or the orange, but the orange does not mask the burn well enough. So then you pour a little bit of your two liter out of Mountain Dew. Pour a little moonshine in there because this ends up being like Pop Rocks and Coke and it's bad. Then you pour the Kool-Aid in and the rest of your moonshine to fill it all the way back up to normal and shake it. No, uh, what? No. And then you drink it. You shake you it? Shake it to mix it. Well, how are you going to mix Kool-Aid in a two liter bottle? Stick a chopstick in there or something you don't want to shake it you could try that well it doesn't it's the all the fizz gets used up with the kool-aid reaction because oh. it's like pop rocks and coke which is why you have to pour some out otherwise your kitchen is red yeah it's called what the fuck did we call it <laughs> teak juice it's called teak juice teak juice uh, yeah i used to have to make it at all the frat parties i went to in college because they all loved it you archaeologists uh, are crazy archaeologists are all off like, <laughs> like for real it's bad anyway yeah so altar construction is a thing but when we moved our stuff was three months late. So I had put all of my, like, candles from you mm. and all of my breakable things and all of my tarot and stuff in a box very secretly so that my parents did not see it and freak the fuck out in the car with us. So I had all of it, but, like, all of our stuff was three months late, so I'd already started school. Mm. So we have been here since July, and the second bedroom is all boxes still. That sucks. I, I mean, hate like, moving. I can't... <laughs> 
I can't unpack everything while I have class all day. Right. Or writing papers all weekend and stuff. So we did a lot over break, and then I had a cyst rupture for spring break. So all of my unpacking plans ceased. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't have spaces yet, but this summer I will, and it would be good. <laughs> I used to have one that I would put away, and I had a big trunk, and whenever I wanted to set up my altar, I would just take everything out of the trunk and set it up on top. Oh, see, I would like to do that. We got this amazing antique, like, whitewashed travel trunk mm-hmm. for our wedding. My older sister got it for us. It was already filled, and I have nowhere else to put what she filled it with. She filled it with sex toys. Oh! And <laughs> I think she almost gave Mark a heart attack <laughs> and an aneurysm at the same time, because he just didn't know how to comprehend what he was seeing in the box. That sounds like a uh, lot. It's it's so much. Like, there's... <laughs> I think I think we have like fifteen dildos. Oh my god, and, like, that's a little excessive. Like, <laughs> I don't think you're gonna need fifteen. They're very unrealistic size dildos. You should just turn them into and wall decorations. I thought about every time we have friends over, just giving some away. <laughs> it's a party prize. <laughs> that's a good idea. Hey, we're gonna do a contest on here, and we can give that away with a T-shirt as one of yes. our prizes. <laughs> I'll pick the biggest, weirdest looking. Uh, we're gonna lose Mark a lot of listeners. Mark probably be happy <laughs> to get out of the house. Well, my husband. I was raised Church of Christ. I've talked about this. My husband is from South Alabama. And so he was, he, he had a real hard time. Because she also did it at my parents' family party oh, for us. Nice and awkward. Where my, my granddad was standing in the yard when Hope was like, Mark, open it. And he's just like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> he turned bright red and his color didn't change Aww. for the rest of the time. Poor guy. <laughs> so if we give them away, he'll be happy. So if anybody, I don't know. If, if anybody needs them, one. <laughs> if you need I am not going to use them. I really, it's not my thing. <laughs> Plus, we got to clear out that <laughs> trunk, so you've got a travel altar. Yes, they're they're in the packaging. They have not been touched. So if anyone anyone needs anything, there's, like, cock rings in there. The lube I will keep. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's edible, like, candy underwear. Oh, things. yuck, no. Yeah, so if anybody wants them, I can't bring myself to do anything with it, so it's my nightstand, and I just, like... Don't ever don't open, open it? Because it, it's like, <laughs> I don't know what to do with it. It was a cute idea, kind of, but I I just, it's not my thing. It's your husband's <laughs> bog art. Yes. He just, every time we look at it, he either laughs or turns red. Aww. He doesn't know what how to respond to the trunk. Poor guy. <laughs> Speaking of bog arts, yeah. I played uh, Harry Potter trivia last night with my kids and my husband, and my husband uh. doesn't care about Harry Potter. Still beat us still he won oh my god (laughs) still and i knew all the answers but i kept getting ones that were like what did the director say about this scene from the movie and i'm like i don't know i don't know that and then he kept getting like super easy questions like i appreciate cinematography for what it is but i don't need to learn more about it well i'll just read all the cards (laughs) so that i memorize all the questions for next time and then i'll win so that's my plan (laughs) yes that's my favorite thing to do. All right, so why don't we start with the ones that are our favorites to use? What's your favorite okay. altar tool? Tarot. Tarot, that's the big one. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like tarot is the thing, it's because, I feel like it's because it comes easy to me, because I feel like it's like, doing readings is almost like telling a story of like, what is happening in my brain. Mm-hmm. When one of them clicks really well, then it's really super easy to just put the card in a place where I could see it, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, cool, I got it. Or crystals. 
bills probably because I can take them with me places. Yeah, I, uh, my kids laugh at me because uh, I always have rocks in my pocket. And sometimes they'll be complaining about something and I'll just pull one out and hand it to them. And then they used to make fun of me, but now they're like, Mom, do you have any rocks? And I'll depend on what they need. I'll pull it out <laughs> and be like, why, yes, I do. And then we have a half hour long discussion on crystals and what crystals are related and then that's how they try to keep me past bedtime is they'll sit in there and ask me questions about <laughs> crystals and it takes me about 20 minutes to figure out what they're doing and then I'm like you guys we can finish this tomorrow how do you use the crystals do you just carry them with you do you actually use uh, them in any of your spell or ritual work I use them well I've used them in two soaps now mm -hmm. and I feel like the soaps work better because it it gives the ones that I put in there with the exception of the white witch ones that I do because this the smoky quartz in those doesn't have a hole but the the tinier crystals have pre-drilled holes in them so it's like something that somebody like if they're getting this to do like a ritual bath or something and they're doing it for a specific thing like they have a little thing they could then put on a necklace or something to keep with them easier mm -hmm. some sort of touchstone yeah so I feel like it, it almost helps it like carry through past their immediate use mm -hmm. and makes it more long term I put them a lot of times if I'm doing like a pull for a group of people or just one that like a spread I want some more help in different directions on um for someone or myself I'll add some to it just to give it a little different energy mm -hmm. coming in um and I also I use I don't know how you say it out loud is it labradorite labradorite okay <laughs> I'm never sure where to put the emphasis on that one. I use that a lot anytime I do a reading, even if it's just like the little pendulum in my pocket mm -hmm. or something, because I feel like it helps. But I also, I carry a bunch of them with me, especially on super high anxiety days. I put a bunch of things in my pocket. <laughs> And I, I have moonstones in my engagement ring, so that's, like, always on my mm -hmm. hand. Unless I'm in the field, because I'm not going to break it. Right. <laughs> and I just got a bunch of crystal jewelry from a couple of shops on Etsy. And I wore one of them today, because I was having a rough day and got some black tourmaline, finally. Yes, I love but it. But it helped so much today. I feel like I just use them. I like to set them up so they look pretty. Like, I got this little triangle shelf from the Target dollar section, <laughs> and so I, like, put it in the middle of my bookcase as, like, a bookend kind of thing. And I have, like, the little little crystals sitting in it sometimes so that I can like see them all and I know where they are but I could probably use them more but I don't know how to <laughs> <laughs> um well I'm trying to think I I'll use them in spells sometimes either alongside of whatever I'm doing or in my hand as I'm doing it. So depending okay. on what kind of crystal it is, sometimes I'll use my right hand and have it in there while I'm going through whatever I'm going through or I'll use my left hand if I would like to draw whatever it is to me. So like I said, I'll either hold them in one hand or the other depending on what I'm trying to get out of the crystal. But most of it, I have to say, I, I like to just have them kind of depending on what I want for the room. So like, you know, up in by my my altar in my room I've got amethyst and labradorite and some selenite and um, I have a honey calcite like a giant one kind of towards the Ooh. entryway of my door and then downstairs I have a lot of quartz um, I've got like ammonite which I mean it, you could consider that a crystal or not I guess it kind of depends on how you take it I've got 
I've got a lot of bigger specimen pieces that are like, mm-hmm. um, I don't mind as much if people touch them and look at them because they mm-hmm. are really interesting. And then I kind of just leave crystals everywhere. Like I'm staring at my end table and I've got, I mean, I've got cat's eye, I've got smoky quartz, I've got the Lemurian, I've got bloodstone. I've, that's my underwear though. I have a lot of, well, I have petrified wood from the petrified yes! gift shop. I love petrified wood. I have these weird green rocks that I don't know what they are. They almost look like jade, but uh, we found them at a site. Might be serpentine. They're not, they're not chipped like stone tool chipping. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're chipped because somebody dynamited a road. Oh. And it was, it was in one of the rocks to make the road um, on the mountain. You'll have and to send so me a picture pretty- of that one later. It, it doesn't look like serpentine, but I've seen that color yeah, before. They look, they look really weird. Like they're lighter on the cortex, but it's not It's not the official cortex. It's like the layer between the you know what it, and the actual cortex. It actually looks like the if you take a slice of amethyst that goes from the outside to the inside of the core, like the bottom portion of an amethyst slice. Is, oh, looks messy. similar to that, so it might have busted it's from, off. Uh, it's from Tennessee. If that you can, you can find amethyst and citrine and all kinds of quartz because those are all in the same family all throughout the United States. So yeah, it was in a bunch of Fort Payne. So, which is like a formation that they use a lot for Greco points, mm-hmm. and it's really, really smooth and it heats well. And so we were wondering if maybe they turned green and are a weird kind of rock that the green was like a lot of calcium in them, and they reacted to the heat. Oh, that from the dynamite. Yeah, that may be too. Well, and quartz itself will change colors with heat. That's how you get amethyst and citrine. So yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I need. We have an XRF at the at the university. For you guys who don't know, there's this machine called an XRF that you can point it at things. And it can um, give you the chemical makeup and then you can find the sourcing. So for um, stone tools, you use it a lot for like obsidian because a lot of the obsidian that you might find in Georgia on a Native American site is from the Great Basin out here or it's from Mexico. So if you can trace the sourcing, you can trace a potential trade network. Oh, okay. And you can also determine if something heated Fort Payne turns real, real pink and it looks almost like petrified wood. And if you like tap it on something, which is usually how you tell what something is in archaeology, we're real scientific. Um, <laughs> it sounds like petrified wood instead of a rock, hmm. like a like a smoother rock. So we use it a lot to make sure that what we're calling like heated Fort Payne really is mm-hmm. that. Um, you can also use it on glass. That's how you can figure out which um, medieval bead factory made your trade beads. On glass. Which is fun. Mm-hmm. Or um, for mason jars, I used it because they changed the cobalt compounds that they were adding to make the blue mason jars in the 1940s mm-hmm. after World War II. So that helps me date sites. Oh, that's cool. It's kind of like yeah. early or not or late carbon dating, I should say. Not early. <laughs> Yeah, I have that. I've got tiger's eye, selenite, lots of quartz. I have one piece of obsidian. Carnelian, fluorite. I don't know what this one is. I think you sent me this one. I don't know what this one is. Oh, that's uh, aragonite. Oh, cool. Okay. Sometimes they're not red. They'll they'll be either quartz colored or kind of like a rusty red color. Oh, fun. Rocks are fun. Rocks are I feel fun. like I should be more into them because I'm an archaeologist. Yeah, you probably should. <laughs> no, I don't do prehistoric shit. Like, I'm sorry, it's a rock. I love rocks. <laughs> Um, that's that's my response most of the time is like this is a rock <laughs> but uh so do you I, do you use tarot in your spell work also or is that purely for your own not divination well divination um, i guess depending on how you're using it i did it for the practical magic soaps mm-hmm. purely because they reference that they used some type of cards in the prequel mm-hmm. but she doesn't say if they're tarot or not 
and I realize it's fiction, so it's probably not a big deal. <laughs> you can but, take your own take uh, on that. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. So I use a couple of them just for, like, empowering purposes, because that's what I wanted that soap to be. Mm-hmm. I think I used the Empress, the Priestess, and the one of the Mothers. Probably Pinnacles. That's the one I like. That's a, that's a good combo. <laughs> Sometimes I'll use them. Uh, either I'll set them underneath whatever I'm burning stuff on, like a candle, or I don't use um, charcoal incense, because my smoke detectors are way too sensitive. I don't even trust myself using incense upstairs anymore because it's such a small space that it immediately sets off the carbon monoxide alarm, which makes no sense. Uh, So I have to take it downstairs or just in the bathroom area. Oh, like with a fan on or something? Yeah. Yeah. Ours, for some reason, ours, it doesn't mess with candles. Like, even if I blow them out and I don't have, like, a fan or something on, it doesn't bother them. But any type of incense, it, like, freaks out. Yeah. So I just kind of stay, I'm just like, "Eh." If I'm gonna use incense, it'll be the cones, just because they're a much shorter burn time. And the smoke doesn't... That might be the difference. The smoke doesn't burn as high. It, like... Yeah. That might be it. Thick. Thick black. It also depends on how dry the incense is. And Mm. uh, that's why I'm I'm still kind of experimenting with that with the ones that I've made. Because I feel like they burn okay, but I'd like to find a way to have a little less um, of the dark smoke. Because you really want it to be white, if you can. If it's dark, it means it's got either too much of one or the other thing in it, and it's still kind of damp. How do you even make that? Um, you'll, well, it's like different <laughs> kinds of woods and resins you can press together, or you can get oh. already formed ones uh, that are scent free and then soak them, which is what most people do. And then you okay. let you let them dry on racks and uh, package them up. And it takes forever. Don't let anybody on the internet fool you. It does not take one night. It takes like at least a week. Sounds like bones. Yeah. It takes a while, but so I, I tend <laughs> that's what I tend not to use incense uh, too often. I like it. My husband used to use it quite a bit, but I ever since those uh, detectors got all sensitive, I'm very wary <laughs> about it. Like if I'm yeah. gonna blow out a candle, I'll snuff it completely and like wet it. You know, I won't. Uh, yeah. I won't just blow it out. We just pop the lid. Like we'll blow it off and then pop the lid back mm-hmm. on real fast. Yep. So there's not too much smoke, but that doesn't seem to bother it. Um, and I use a diffuser for essential oils sometimes. That's Yep, that's another good one. I used Um, to have one on there, but I I took it off just because my cat likes to sometimes jump up on there, and she's got long fur. Yeah, Jackson is really into it and wants to sniff it, and I'm, like, really worried about the ones that I put in there because some of them are not good. tree or something is not pet safe. Yep. (laughs) And so I have to, like, it's in a box right now. I haven't unpacked it, but, uh... I have to, like, if I do it, it has to be very tall and in a room where he is not. Like, oh, no. He's a dummy. Yeah, he gets he gets into everything. And he is also fluffy and has long fur, and I just don't want to deal with dog hair clogging up my yeah. thing. Dog fur is not a gross. spell ingredient yet. <laughs> It might be for some Depends, people. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I'm pretty sure I'm we both use candles. Yeah. Now, are you one of the people that believes you're not supposed to blow out a candle? I didn't know that was a thing. So oh, yeah. No. <laughs> That's a big thing. They tell you never heard, to blow out a no. candle. Always snuff it. Oh, see, I've heard the, I've heard of, um, House of Hoodoo on Instagram has a shop in New Orleans and she makes the rootwork candles and some of hers have instructions of like, you have to leave it burning the whole time. Oh. 
until yeah. it burns itself out. Right. But I feel like that's probably different than the kinds of candles that I buy. Uh, well, it, but I've never heard you have to like snuff it versus blowing it out. It depends on who makes them. When I um, first started, I was under the impression that you would have to once you started a spell, you could not put that candle out. And I did it that way for years until probably the last couple years because one, I've I've got kids and they're loud and they need things a lot, and it's not feasible for me to do a 12 hour spell you know what I mean so I've yeah. I've tried leaving it in the bathtub and it's just the sensors are too sensitive so I could so mm. that's why most of the time I'll either work with tea lights or I'll work with um, something that I can do over seven days where I extinguish it like I'll spend an hour extinguish come back the next day the same time another hour extinguish you know just kind of keep making it a, a longer ritual as opposed to like an all-in-one night kind of one yeah i also feel like putting it in the bathtub is a great idea but like if somebody i have a cheap plastic were... bathtub so it's not a good idea i found out yeah. i uh and oh, the heat from melt? my cauldron ended up burning cut discoloring the uh bottom of the tub yeah so that was that's the that are like if it burned enough to actually cause plastic fumes you could all poison yourself that was probably what set off my carbon dioxide <laughs> thing so i actually don't <laughs> unless you have an antique like older porcelain tub i don't recommend uh leaving it overnight in the tub i don't recommend leaving it overnight at all unless you're going to be awake for most of the time yeah that's what i'm thinking is like if somebody wasn't used to that type of spell or like didn't have a candle that's in like a good safe jar even even glass like if you're leaving it for a real real long time and that glass gets real hot like glass explodes mm-hmm. well technically you're not supposed to burn uh most candles for longer than four hours tops people will say yeah. two to four hours and that's what i recommend also uh, especially with the candles that i make you really only need it to get the top part melted and then after that try not to let it go for more than four hours because it will just be so hot that it definitely will transfer to what's underneath it or like you said the glass might explode i haven't had that happen yet nobody's reported anything but i always get worried that someone's gonna walk away from a candle and burn their house down and come after me (laughs) yeah like yours are really thick but i've seen some even at just like walmart Mm -hmm. that like the jars that they're in don't look like a jar i would put a heat source in yeah and i'm also like you put hot wax in there to make the candle (laughs) another reason to stick with soy because it melts at a uh, lesser temperature so the wax doesn't get as hot like the surrounding wax obviously fire is all the same temperature but the wax itself does not retain the heat as much as paraffin does so beeswax will burn very hot but it also burns quicker and cleaner so yeah i have a toss up there i like beeswax plain but whoa i have the two beeswax ones but i haven't lit them they're so pretty oh my they have a friend over, and they're screaming, oh, okay. and they're having a good time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they're too pretty to, like, burn, because you sent me the little fairy uh-huh. one with the flower, and then I have the, the Wollendorf Venus, and I'm just like, I can't melt it. Yeah. <laughs> like... I, have a, I have a giant pentagram candle on my altar that's been there since I made it. I can't melt that. And then I have another, I have an orange Venus back on our dresser over here, and I can't melt her either. Yeah. So. It's just, like, I'm sentimental like about some... them, I guess. It's just, it's the coolest candle I've ever fucking seen. Like, I can't, like, even even if I could just buy another one, I'm just like, ah, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I first started setting up my own altar, I used to, it was set up a lot differently than it is now. Um, I used to have, I would try to incorporate all four elements onto the altar because I didn't have a cat at the time and I could leave a small dish of water on my altar and wouldn't get
get drank. Now if I leave it out, the cat's got her face in it and there's like kitty litter. Like she likes to leave it from her paws in people's cups. So um, now I have like a shell or a piece of driftwood and I like to find pieces that sort of incorporate all the elements into one as much as I can. So I'll try to, I like to put things that I find outside on there, but I used to have, you know, water. I would have candles, obviously incense and um, a rock or a flower. I used to like leave little flower offerings on my altar until they would die and then I'd put them back outside because I used to garden quite a bit but it's not nothing's bloomed yet so I can't take anything out there but uh I don't I don't leave a lot of that on there anymore. most of it now is I leave my cards on there I have a triangle shelf that my husband built that's got crystals and then I have a ton of art all around it just because I'm a very I need imagery to work And then I've got candles, obviously. I have my scrying mirror. And I don't get a chance to use that one very often. I wish I did. My my best friend Tony got it for me years and years and years ago. And scrying mirrors are basically, it's you can actually make them on your own. You don't have to buy like glass ones. Anything that's sort of a little bit concave, you spray paint it black and then cover it with something shiny, like a sealant. Hmm. And you can use it either flat or you can put, if it's a bowl, you can put water in it for water scrying. Um, I like to use mine where I have it set up and then I have a candle in front of it and you sort of look past the candle to, you, you're supposed to use it to basically like reading tea leaves, but you know, on a piece of glass. So you're, you're finding the shapes and images and you sort of let your mind wander a little bit and see what images come out. Sometimes it's... I like it. It's, it's, um... I mean, I've never, never had any, like, oracle sort of visions where I'm like, I know what I need to do. (laughs) It's all been pretty vague imagery that later I'm like, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. But it's definitely fun to do if you're feeling a little spooky and don't want to just use the cards. It seems almost like automatic writing without writing. Yeah, you're kind of just... Like you're kind of trancing it a little bit. You're pulling whatever image you see. I like to write down whatever I see and then later come back and be like, I don't know what any of this is, but... (laughs) um, So the scrying mirror you can use like I said, with water, you can look at it plain, just staring kind of at the surface. You can put a candle in front of it. I'm not sure of any other way. I'm sure you can really use them however you want, but you can make it, like I said, kind of doesn't have to be a glass one. Some people only use obsidian scrying mirrors. Some people only use glass. Some people use an actual mirror that's like a like a smoky mirror is what they call them. And I'm not sure how much different that is from a scrying mirror because I've never seen one in person. Is that like the frosted glass one? Um, I think it's like a, it's just like a dusky glass. So almost like yeah two-way mirrors yeah, you know my, my uncle's company makes those but they they put designs in the in the overlay um it's like using a less pure sand mm-hmm. so it doesn't come out perfectly like, clear clear over reflective it comes out it's not frosted because frosted technically frosted glass like in a door is like a paint over top or a adhesive yeah yeah like an applique um but they make little shapes like they have one in their house that's a a deer and then they'll they'll do the overlay kind of a thing for some of them but it looks different yeah and like you can't you can't really see in a mirror with the frosted glass but you can kind of see a little bit of a reflection with the other smoky one yeah i think that's what he called it I don't, it may be two different things, too, because I don't know if he's using, like, a glass term. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, uh, you can divinate 
off of anything you want. <laughs> anything that you can stare at, but not like directly, you know, sort of let your gaze soften and your mind kind of wander a little bit. Any of anything that pulls your attention away from the immediate can be used for divination. Mm. So, you know, you've got the scrying mirror, you can do tea leaves, you can do tarot cards, you can do some people will read wax. Some people will also read their candle flame. It's supposed to be like if the flame is, you know, doesn't move very much and it's tall and it's the same. It doesn't flicker. It's the same shape. That's a a good sign for your spell work. If it's sort of like waffling around and kind of almost looks like it's trying to extinguish but stale it, it'll say, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, resistance to the spell. You know, you can read it like that, but at the same time... People make candles, and candles have a lot of, I mean, you can have pockets of too much oil scent that affect how the candle burns. You can have different ingredients. You can have, um, like in some of the beeswax ones, you'll get little bits of a propolis left over from Mm -hmm. the bees, you know? And so that'll affect how the candle burns. It kind of just depends. So I, I don't read wax very often. I don't like it when it gets messy. I don't like messy things. Yeah. So I don't like I, to me- let it mom. melt. Like you probably deal with enough mess. I don't want to make a mess on like. there. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, yeah, like, I feel like every mom I know is just like, you deal with so many messes. I don't, that you, like, don't want to make more for yourself. I was very hesitant to use <laughs> glitter with? for that reason, because it's too, it's too messy. Glitter is everything. I, but, you know, people like it, so I'm going to use up what I have, and then after that, I don't know if I'm going to buy any more, because I just, like, I always, I'll have it on my hands, and then it gets on my clothes, and then it gets on my kid's face, and then I'm trying to, like, scrape it off, and, and then I get people it's upset anyway. at me that I don't use um, biodegradable glitter, because I didn't know that was a thing until recently, oh, but I don't want to throw away what I have until, like, you know what I mean? Like, I want to use yeah, up what I have. I feel like if it's, if you were, like, glitter bombing someone in a letter, in that glitter got everywhere and was going in the trash that would be my concern but i it's staying in the glass jar in your candles or the metal jar which was my argument at first but then if someone wants to rinse out the candle to reuse it then you know it's oh i guess you could so it always seems like too much work it is maybe that's why i'm like "Uh, it is do that just get another one Uh, i think it's something i have to look into eventually because i don't i don't want to be someone that does you know cause it helps add to the problems out there but yeah uh, yeah. That's obviously not on topic. <laughs> so <laughs> It's fine. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I do a lot of, like, planner type things, and I feel like I put stuff in there a lot, moon phases and stuff, and I just got a TN, which is a, if you're not a planner crazy person like myself, it's a traveler's notebook is what it's called, so it's like a, you have like a cover almost, like a book cover, but it has bungee cords in it, and you can put little paper notebooks in there so you can have a bunch of them in one little book Mm -hmm. but I'm doing like tarot journal kind of where I'm I'm trying to go through and like maybe draw if I feel good enough about my drawing and write down like what each card is the thing for me or like where it appears in readings for me just to kind of help me have like a single place where all of my stuff is Mm -hmm. and probably add some stuff with like my soaps and just different things But a lot of people do Book of Shadows or Grimoires, too. Mm -hmm. And it'll be kind of like 
a journal slash spell book slash whatever else you put in one of those that they leave on their altar too. I I used to have one that I wrote all of my herbal correspondences and that's the only thing it, that I would write in it. And then I had a separate one where I would write down all the spell work that I did and then later I would be able to go back and sort of see a timeline of how long it took to work, if it didn't work at all, spells that I had made up because I used to wing it a lot. I kind of still wing it a lot. 